All right, we're live. We are back. This is Addicts in Recovery, or AIR. Um, we have unfortunate news. We don't have Kevin with us today. Um, he is out of town living uh, living the dream, I guess. I don't know. Um, but instead You're of, missed, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but instead of Kevin, we have brought Charlie back. Yeah. So what's up, Charlie? I'm chilling, man. How you doing? I'm good, bro. Yeah. I'm doing really good. You might have to move a little bit closer. All right. All right. Here we go. There's Char- Char- Charlie's here now. I'm here now. Yeah. Okay. Um, today we are... We're going to talk about change, and nobody likes it. Uh, it's hard to deal with, and it's scary. It's, like, really fucking scary. I mean, I remember when I was in treatment, and they told me that I had to change all everything but my last name. And uh, I, the first thing that went through my head, because I'm a smartass, is I, it's going to be really hard to go by a different name from now on, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's true. Change, change, is, change is tough, and so I... I, I've been thinking about it because I've got a lot of shit that's changing in my life here coming up real quick. And I thought to, I, I've been thinking just, I think it's a great topic that people can benefit from. And so, yeah, it's kind of what I'm, it's kind of what I'm feeling. So what are you guys, what are like you guys it. thinking? I, li- I like this change concept. I like it. Yeah. I, th- I think I, the only thing I wish that I wish that I had like preparation before I knew like I was changing like somebody could like I could go back in time and say you have some massive changes coming up and you know to kind of prepare myself for it I would have I would have been a little better off I think but (laughs) right before I went into treatment I don't I don't know man I really love the excitement of like one day you're this and the next day you're like oh totally different yeah you know (laughs) there's isn't there a science there's a uh I think it's some type of psychology that actually focuses on people who have this thought in their head that they're going to be the same person their entire lives. That's why people get like stupid tattoos, you know, (laughs) and then, and then they regret it later on because they think that they're going to love that tattoo or they're going to love that type of music or they're going to love that activity or whatever it is they do their entire life. And so they permanently will like brand themselves or do something, something outrageous and then in reality, and it, it, they, they don't realize that they change as they grow older yeah. and move on from it. But there's a whole, uh, I read a study about it one time. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, I have, uh, I have a rule about tattoos in my house is that you, uh, if you really want a tattoo, you figure out what you want and then you plan it all out and then you wait five years. If you still want that tattoo, you wait five more years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, my kids don't like it. <laughs> See, my, my wife, with, my wife with tattoos, she's just like, I, I would get sick of it. I get annoyed with it. And then like, there's me, like I have, I've been wearing this ring on my finger, not my wedding ring, but the other ring. I've been wearing this for since I was 13. Yeah. You know, I got a brace on here that I've been wearing since my honeymoon 12 years ago. I never take it off. It's just like I get comfortable with whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I do that too. So I'm justifying my tattoos that I have that I feel like they're a good change to me. <laughs> well, my my tattoo is representative representative of change. Like I I um, is it Bernie Sanders? 
<laughs> Bernie 2020. Uh, this is my shameless plug. Everybody, get out and vote. Bernie 2020. Global warming. Yeah. And if he doesn't win the primary, then whatever other Democrat president we need to we need to fix this earth. Um, no, we. Uh, uh, no, like uh, the last time I was, the last time I was locked up was. Um, uh, there's this poem that I kept reading over and over again. And so it just, my tattoo, my tattoo represents like that period so that it doesn't, so that it stays fresh with me, no matter yeah. how far away I get from that day. Um, I still remember cause it's, it's on me. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it'll ever get old. I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about change and how there's, it's really hard to, sometimes separate between what is good change and what is bad change, especially when you don't have a choice on the change. You know what I mean? Mm, and it's, it's hard. It's really hard because of that fear. I, I have this fear of the unknown. Uh, at least I did for a really long time. It wasn't until I, I had gone through recovery and worked some steps that I started to kind of embrace change or and kind of the, the unknown. But before that man i was so terrified so terrified of something of something changing right have you you ever remember like being in high school and you're with your best bud and you're like we're going to stay the same we're never going to change Mm-hmm. Do you ever talk to that guy anymore? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. No. He sends me Facebook messages sometimes, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, do I have to respond to this? He sends me like a LinkedIn thing. You're almost, yeah. you, your 16-year-old self almost signed you up for life to respond to something like that. Oh, man. Uh, I occasionally like one of his pictures. I mean, I'll go that far. So, um, Where he you picks, know, picks your fruit from the, that fruit game on Facebook. Plants the plants from stuff in your garden. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, no time for that. Um, so you know what I've been. I, this is what I've been like consumed with lately. Uh, I, and I'm by no means Buddhist, but I, I do love a lot of these core tenets that Buddhism teaches, and um, it helps me. Like I do a lot of meditation, so it helps me focus in the mornings. And I uh, I read a lot of these meditation books that kind of pull from Buddhist tenets. Uh, but this this concept that we um, you know, so one of the four noble truths is impermanence, which is basically like we're always changing. Nothing's ever the only thing. Uh, the only thing constant is change, and the only thing, um, uh, the only thing permanent is impermanence, right? And so, uh, what happens is we we create so much anxiety and stress because we try to hold on to the present moment, but it's it's always fleeting. It's always constantly changing, you know, and um, and so I, I really like look at that, like uh, you know. And I was I was talking to another dude one the other day, and, and he said something so profound to me. And he said, you know, my issue with with being having like this this amazing time where I'm just like I'm, uh, it's like everything is going right. I'm in the moment. Um, everybody's being cool, and the the atmosphere and the setting is perfect. And I get this thought, and I'm like this is going to end one day and I start freaking out and I start getting like, uh, increased anxiety and depression and all that shit that accompanies this feeling of this is going to end as opposed to being present in the moment and enjoying it for as long as it lasts and then accepting it when it ends. 
right? Because I think when we talk about change, we also got to talk about acceptance, right? Because mm-hmm. um, today my level of serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. And so if I can find this place inside of me that um, where I have a level of acceptance for the change that's going to occur, then it I have peace about me. Even if, like, you know, it's good change or bad change, you know, and, and all that stuff. Um, I really don't know if I made any sense right there. But no, I, yeah. 100%. I, I, I agree with that because it, what it does, it kind of, like, takes the edge off of, like, the, the natural anxiety or the, the fear that you have behind something, you know, of, of doing it. Like, I, I get that all the time. And I, I notice it. I, it's, I see it in my dad. Like Zach and I, before we started this, we were chatting about our dads are very similar people. And, and I used to go golfing with my dad and he'd be like in this like hurry man mentality, like hit the ball, like, ne- like hurry, let's go. Like mm-hmm. we've, we've, we, like, we've got a father, like we've got to go, like we've, like we've got to go somewhere. Man. Like we're late, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I would like, man's and, the same way. and like, eventually like, I'd get home and my mom was like, Oh, how, how was golfing with dad? I was just like, fucking suck <laughs> you know i didn't like i didn't like golf with him he's like he's he had to hurry somewhere also i like to see my dad he's like watching tv on the sit on, yeah. sit on the couch like he had like it was some important meeting or something and but but it's like that type of uh behavior that i i recognize in my dad and i notice that at times i do it to myself and i'm or with my own kids where i'm just like we've got to go and it just creates like this like just this unbalanced weirdness that I have and I just like and and it take it's taken me some time to actually like be okay with that and saying I'm all right if we're a little bit late or if it's gonna take us a little longer to you know get someplace and once I actually start doing that the level of anxiety is like just Mm -hmm. goes away and you're like this is life and start driving down the street and you start noticing things you wouldn't actually notice you're more aware you know so I don't know it's thanks dad (laughs) <laughs> I think the openness, uh, I think you're right. The, the acceptance or even just having a level of, of openness to it, uh, of being able to recognize that shit is going to change and it is going to be different, but it doesn't have to, it do, that doesn't mean that we're going to be miserable or it doesn't mean, I think a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that bugs me, um, innately, like to my, in, in my core is I'm not going to have enough. Is I'm not gonna have enough of something. So right now I have enough. Uh, I have enough of my family, and I have enough friends, and I have enough of everything. But with change, change also brings loss. Mm. And to me, my core is like I am losing this. So I'm moving to Europe, right, by myself. Um, I'm losing. I, I'm not losing, but in in my you know, this little kid inside of me is telling me you're losing your family. You're losing your girlfriend. You're losing all of your friends. You're losing, I mean, you're losing the the life that you have, which is really good. This is the first time I've ever moved away from anywhere on good terms with something mm. ever. It's like life is going really good right now. I think I'll move to Europe. Like, <laughs> who does that? Um, but I, I have to, I have to remember that the, those, those good experiences and the good people and the good moments that I have are also going to be over there as well. If I, if I set myself up to have them, right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have to be open to accept that change. And that's something that's just been sitting, sitting on my mind for a while now is like, this is a lot of change, man. How am I going to handle it? Am I going to handle it? Well, am I not going to handle it? Well, I don't know. I've never moved to a foreign country before. (laughs) I have no fucking clue. You're going to kill it. 
<laughs> I uh, I'm gonna you just have so. to get a different plug though for your wall. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. don't forget adapter. about those damn plugs. Yeah. Like yeah. that's serious. You get over there and you're like, what? Yeah. Somebody told me, <laughs> and then you don't know where to go, and your phone's dead. And it's just a it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Bring what would I do without Google? Yeah. <laughs> an adapter. Yeah. Those things get expensive though, dude. Yeah. Get Some it, of get those a, are like really expensive. Amazon. I found a I found Amazon a nice Prime one. Day it was like five hundred dollars. Amazon Prime Day is in like two days. I know it's coming. Is it really? Shameless plug. Amazon Prime Day. Um, <laughs> so our first sponsor yeah. uh, is Amazon. Jeff Bezos. He's uh, going to be on the podcast next week. Yeah, you guys know Jeff. <laughs> He's a great guy. <laughs> so I have a I have a question to kind of let's I maybe we can talk about this. But yeah, yeah. I when someone think about it, maybe in your past that someone said to you like, "Hey Zach, man, you changed," like in a negative way. Oh yeah, or a positive. I mean. There, how, how do you take that? I'm, I'm just like circulating ideas in my head from that, but I, I just want to put that out there. I don't know. Would it be like, what's the what's the tone people use? Like, are they like, I think dude, de- you have changed. Yeah. Or are they like, oh, man, you changed, bro. Well, see, yeah. there's there's two. OK, um, I remember when I when I left home uh, like 18 or something like that. Right. And I had this really, really close friend. And we did the same, you know, 18-year-old, we're never going to change, la da 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 we're going to live, you know, it's going to be dazed and confused for the rest of our lives. Right. And um, what, it, what it happened was I, I moved, and it just innately I changed, because that's what people do. It, it wasn't just me, it was him too. I mean, we both, we both just kind of, I, I don't know, I wouldn't say it was growing up, because I didn't grow up until I got into recovery, but... Um, we did change. We changed the the different types of music that we like, different people we hang out with. The I mean, shit like that. And when I met back up with him, maybe <laughs> okay, this is really funny. So <laughs> I uh, I moved I moved away for a while, and then I ended up moving into this trailer park. Of course. Okay. <laughs> and I know. Okay, which is where I first got addicted to meth. Oh. In a trailer park. No yeah. way. In my trailer. I think you're the only yeah, person that's it, ever it seen It was that. the, uh, I used to call it the crack shack. Hmm. And I remember my, he, my friend, he, uh, he wanted to move out because he was getting in trouble with the law in the, in the town that we were at. And so he tried to move down with me and he spent, I think two days maybe. And I remember him going down and thinking, oh yeah, this is great, la da 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 and then he, he, and he was a big pot smoker, and he noticed that, well, I mean, it, it's not like he couldn't notice, but me and all of the people that were, were there that I invited over were always smoking meth instead, and he gave me this look one day, and he said, there's no way I'm going to live with you because you've changed, mm-hmm. and there's no way I'm going to live in this house because you're all smoking meth in it. And at the point in time that he told me that, I was offended as fuck. Yeah, you're like, like how dare you be better than me? Right. Because uh, <laughs> um, I was, I, I, and I still, I still to this day think the same thing. A drug is a drug is a drug. Yeah. Um, but at that point in time, I was like, oh yeah, because you know, you only smoke weed, and I'm smoking harder shit than you are now better than me, right? And and so I really had a hard time with that, and it. And I, I would, I got a lot of that until like when, when I had friends that found out that I was shooting dope instead of smoking it or, 
um, when I had friends find out kind of the, the lengths that I would go to get shit in comparison to what I used to do, I would get that a lot. And it wasn't until recovery and, you know, actually making a, an effort in my life before people were like in that positive telling, you know, man, you've changed. Um, and it was, I didn't believe them at first. I thought when somebody first told me in a positive way, you've changed, it was a therapist. And I thought, they're just fucking with me. Like they're just giving me false hope so that I walk out of here with a smile on my face because they have secondary gain. Yeah. And there's, there's gotta be something. I mean, they just want my money, right? Right. They want me to walk out happy so that I commit to another six months here or something like that. Uh, or you're looking at somebody like they're completely judging me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've got that all the time. Uh, especially when you're par- a paranoid tweaker, man, you get that shit Everybody's all the time. Judging. Everybody's judging, judging, you. judging everywhere. Uh, anyway, so I, I, I handled it. I started handling it better when it was positive, but beforehand, I would get really mad at the people and almost resentful towards them because how dare you call me all my shit? You know, when you have all of this shit that you're dealing with, yeah. and yeah. I mean, the so reason why like, I, I kind of ask is because I'm. You know, I'm still fairly young in my sobriety. You know, I got l- almost 11 months next, next week. Dude, that's like a fucking lifetime. Yeah. I know. That's <laughs> great. But like I was I was kind of thinking about this because we've been kind of talking about the idea of change uh, as the topic. And I, I was kind of going back in some stories and some ideas and of, of what friends and family were saying to me. And I remember just small little glimpses of people in, an, in a negative way saying like, man, Mike, I've noticed like you've changed. You're like, man, you're drinking a way more than usual are you okay and i'd be like yeah i'm fine you know don't judge me yeah <laughs> you know, it's the I'm job fine. or it's I, the wife yeah, but right. yeah and i just i noticed the you know now that i've i've had some time underneath me like it's been different where i've actually see people or go to lunch with different people and they're just like man like have you like have you lost weight you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're they're saying more like co- comments like that because they can't figure it out, and <laughs> and you know because they don't they didn't really know that I was obviously as raging as an alcoholic as I was, but and I, as I start to kind of like talk to them a little bit about, it, I'm like, yeah, I just I don't drink anymore, I don't do this anymore, and they're just like, man, like good for you, and like that's some good change. So I don't know, it's, I, that's why I kind of brought up because it's so fresh on some huh. stupid shit that I did and seeing the negativity and even my wife with stuff and family. So I don't know the positive, the positive change is definitely a way better feeling. Absolutely. And you know, something else I see a lot, uh, is when you have people that are close to you. So, so when you're in addiction and misery loves company, right? And we spend so much time with these people that are in addiction. And then when we get clean, and we start engaging in healthy change, right? Of course, the first person, the first thing that somebody who's still unhealthy is going to say is going to be, nah, I'm not going to kick it with you. You've changed, right? right? Mm-hmm. You're making healthy decisions now. You've changed. And uh, where, where that sounds like a no-brainer, like, well, yeah, you're still doing the same ridiculous <laughs> shit, so get away from me that's not what happens with a lot of people a lot of people are still resistant to uh new relationships and this idea we got to change people places and things and so when somebody that they've been kicking it with for the past you know 10 years sometimes every day you know and 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 uh 
when you start when you're using drugs or drinking heavily with people every single day those are trauma experiences that you're having with those people and like you bond those are like trauma bonds you know and you're close to those people and then they're uh, they're all of a sudden like nah i don't want to hang out with you you've changed you know and that hurts that stings even though you know in your heart it's not healthy to like you're still unhealthy i know i see that it's still it's not easy to take you know um so man it can go anyway it's hard though because like especially when you see it through other people i remember when i was in rehab we did that like a i think i've talked about this in the past but there we did a role play where uh we were trying to like pretend like everyone in the room was like the person's friends or family and how would you address the situation if this if one of your friends you got a rehab and you come and you know, you start talking to them, you're like, hey, we miss you. You should come and hang out and come, you know, do drugs and drink again with us and stuff. And and watching, like, the person be like, well, I can't, I can't, like, just give up. Those are my really, really close, close friends. I can't just do that. And, like, all of us in the outsiders, when we're watching this role play, we're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you can't hang out with them anymore. You're where we have right now. You don't, you can't figure this out. And, like, it would just, it created, like, everyone to get so heated at each other. Like, well, it's not, you know, you put yourself in that situation and, you know, it's, it's tough. You, you know, know, I do it's that really hard. I do that same exercise, but I do it in two stages. Mm-hmm. So I do the first one where it's like, you know, you do the, Hey man, why don't you come hang out with this, you know, and gauge your reaction to it. And then I take the same people and then I say, okay, new scenario. Uh, these people over here, which were originally the drug addict friends, right? I'm like, these people have the super flu and it's armageddon and everybody's dying and you don't have the super flu and you're locked in your house right and you know that you don't have the super flu but you know your people out there do and they're like knocking on your door and they're like hey 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 come hang out come hang out <laughs> what are you gonna do then right. huh? what are you gonna bird do? box yeah. <laughs> they're like i'm a you know getting the shotgun out <laughs> right but it's really the same scenario it like is. you know we hang out with those people and it's just utterly dangerous they could mean it could be life or death for us at that moment you know and so when i do the the two scenarios like that easy to relate i just remember so what i did at that point i i went and pulled my journal out that night and i was like laying because i didn't fit on that bed and and rehab i'm too tall and i just was like (laughs) i'd have shitty sleep there and i would i started writing down some of what i need to do you know, I, I did write down some stuff on how am I going to approach my friends? What am I going to say to them? I, I took my doc, the doctor's advice where he said, if you uh, lay it out to your friends of what you, your expectations are, and if they don't respect that, then don't hang out with them anymore. Don't talk yeah. to them anymore. You know, he's Absolutely. like, they're obviously not your friends at that point. And I literally did that though. Like I got out and I told all my friends, I was like, Hey, I've been gone for the last 30 days. I went to rehab. And they're like, Oh no shit. And that's why you haven't been answering your phone. And and uh, I just kind of laid it out. And the ones that kind of stuck, and they respect that, and and I'm still, you know, friends with them and doing mm-hmm. my thing with them. And, and the ones that I felt like they weren't right, I don't, I kind of distanced myself from them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and did what works for me because everyone's different, you know. It, I had to do it, though. I just, like, I'm a very laid-out person. I was just like, this is going to – otherwise I'm going to catch myself, you know, kind of being in a – barbershop and eventually get your haircut yeah. you know absolutely they say in um they say in the uh, a lot of the 12 step programs and things like that uh change or die 
And that's a really, really heavy threat to a lot of people who play with their lives already. Um, the first time that I heard the, the that I heard the saying, I, I, I either change or I die. I uh, immediately thought, I bet I could stay the same and live on. Like I bet I could play this shit. Mm. I'm stronger. I'm stronger than that. I don't have I don't have the problem that you have. Right. I I mean I just have a problem sticking my ne- sticking a needle in my arm. Like I just. <laughs> I can I can easily turn or, turn I'm away a, a bottle of Jack Daniels. I'm a recreational heroine. <laughs> yeah, yeah <Right>. exactly. <laughs> I just have a good time, uh, <laughs> staying up for weeks at a time. Uh, but that's really the reality of it, man. And, and it's not even it's not even that I intentionally wanted to change who I am. Um, I what I wanted was to not be who I was. Mm. And wow. what what I wanted was to stop being miserable. And what I wanted was to to find something, some way to be happy without sticking a goddamn needle in my arm. And that just that desire led to led to the change in and of itself. I didn't plan on changing. I didn't. If if you would have told me uh, when I before I got into treatment that I would listen be listening to bluegrass music. I would tell you that you're a fucking lunatic, okay? There's no way I'm going to be listening to bluegrass music. That's literally the only shit I listen to now is yeah. I just listen to bluegrass music. Um, or if you would have told me that I would be working with people, uh, especially especially people in a residential treatment center, uh, I would have laughed in your face. And because that was not, that was not who I was. It was not me. And what, just having that willingness to not be who I was before has just kind of led me here even inadvertently yeah. I mean I didn't even I didn't even try you know to I didn't intentionally change I just one day I heard a bluegrass song and I was like wow that sounds really good yeah I think I might listen to another one yeah. and having that open-mindedness I guess yeah that's what comes with it that open-mindedness yeah and bluegrass music freaking <laughs> okay, yeah. get, get that open-mindedness going and you never know what's gonna happen right you know? <laughs> uh, so i was talking to this dude uh the other day and he said he's i said why do you want to be here man why do you want to get why do you want to get clean and uh he said he said man i just uh i just want to stop using drugs i just don't want to use drugs anymore and i said that's bullshit come on man he's like what do you mean i was like you just want to stop having the negative consequences from drugs right and he was like yeah yeah that's, that's what i want that's, what, that, that's really what i want i said come because come on man, let's be real drugs can be fun you know drugs can make you feel good but i like i like what you just said and that um when we talk about the succession of people in recovery, you know, our initial re- reaction to getting clean is generally, uh, I just want to change all of this negative stuff, right? I want to stay who I am. I want to still be this person because God knows I'm afraid of who that other guy is. I don't know what that other guy looks like. I don't even know if that other guy will be good at any of that shit that that other guy is planning on doing. And that freaks me out. So I'm scared of that. But I do want to change the fact that I'm breaking out handcuffs every other weekend. You know what I mean? I do want to change the fact that 
I'm spending half my my paycheck on the uh, the police on the on the uh, Brigham Police Department, Perry Police Department, right? <laughs> and um, and so and so those those are the initial things that we want to change. But then over time, when once we kind of get acclimated to the program, we start realizing like when we get to stage two of recovery, you know, in our in our in our individualized stages of recovery, we we find that you know it's not even about I I just. I want to be happy inside without having to use that coping mechanism, right? And then it becomes a whole different path. And then and then we realize that happiness is elusive and and that we're never going to always be happy and that it's super good to be sad sometimes and experience that emotion and honor that emotion for what it is and and more importantly learn from what that emotion has to offer us, right? And then we go to these different stages and and all the time in recovery, we're like passing through these various stages and we're just learning so much. And damn it, man, that's why I love this whole process. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, like, it, it kind of blends into more than just addiction and it's, it, it, you know, blends into a life change. And, and I, I remember my, my therapist, the first thing when he asked me, he goes, you know, why do you, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to stop drinking? And I said to him, I said, I just want my life back that's that's all I want I want to be able to like have my life back and not feel like I'm claustrophobic just relying on this I can't get on a fucking airplane I can't go and enjoy anything like I just felt like my whole life was completely ripped out from underneath me I just felt trapped you know I was like I just want my life back I, I want to remember those fun stuff to traveling and doing this and being with my family and and like and that that took some time to like really really had me deep down think about it when I was alone at night you know in 30 days if not I was like thinking I could be in my why am I not laying next to my wife right now and helping her put the kids to bed yeah you know why am I why am I not capable of doing that right now it's the worst feeling and it was just like it was heartbreaking of thinking like what what is wrong with me and why did I how did I get myself here and why do I want to change and why what do I need to do to change and it was like in those moments of kind of building it slowly because it de- definitely doesn't come overnight and it still is at piecing every single day. And, but I, I'm starting to feel obviously the, the positive outweighs that, that negative and, and seeing some of my friends now and some of the stories they're telling me and stuff, I'm just like, Oh, I am so happy. I'm out of that. Mm. You know, I just, I, I, you see some of that shit and but the, the positive thing that I can take from it that I'm really loving this this uh, change that I'm, I'm I've have is that it adapts into every angle of my life. Mm. It's just it's bigger than just the, the bottle. It's just I, I can deal with my my dad on a work level differently. I can work with my brother differently at the office now and I can I can deal with my family in a different way, my children in a different way. And, and most importantly, it's dealing with myself and I can see myself on a different way of how I'm, how I'm being happier and I'm noticing things in life better. And, and, and it starts to, I actually, I, I start feeling like I did when I was younger, when I had like zero responsibility where I'd like go to school and high school and come home, eat some top ramen and out the door. I was out <laughs> kayaking and, and enjoying the day. Like, and it's mm. really taking advantage of it. And it feels, it feels great to kind of, to get that back but man it's hard it's hard to be that honest with yourself of saying like i'm not okay and mm. let's let's make a change yeah did you guys here's a good question for you did you ever 
think that you weren't capable of changing. Absolutely. 100%. Dude, let me tell you a story. I want to tell a story. So I was uh, I was living in North Carolina, and um, and I was just I was shooting dope every day. It was just a world, one of the worst stages in my life, right? And so I uh, I got I had these two dogs, and I said, "Mom, mom, I need you to come get me. I gotta go to treatment. It's the first time I ever went to treatment." And um, and I went uh, I, I went. She came to North Carolina. She picked me up. She drove me back down to Mississippi, and uh, and my dad said, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna." I got this place. I can get you into treatment. It's a thousand dollars for thirty days. It tells you the level of yeah. care I was receiving. <laughs> um, and so he said, he said, but uh, but you can't detox at my house. I'm not gonna put up with that shit. And uh, he said, this place doesn't detox people. You gotta you gotta detox yourself and then come in. And um, and so I said, all right. And so I uh, I went to this dude who I used to get high with for years and years and years. Good friend of mine. And, um, and I said, hey, man, can I detox in your house? And he's still shooting dope every day. And I said, uh, I said can I detox in your house because i got to go to treatment? And he was like, absolutely, sure. And, um, and so I was like, I was, you know, just on his couch in his living room, uh, shit and liquid every, every two minutes. And, um, and I remember he came in, and I was so, so emotional. And it was just such a rough time. And he said, um, and I just started just and crying I was just like uncontrollable ah, you know? <laughs> and um, he was like dude what's wrong man and I was like I can't do this and he was like he was like, I know you look like shit and I said no it's not physical like I don't know what I'll be clean I don't know what I'll do I don't know who that person is I, I'm, I'm so scared I can't do it I physically cannot do that I don't know how and it was one of those moments in my life that I still look back on. And I was like, that was so irrational. Hell yeah, you can do it. Anybody can do it. Anybody can change, right? It's inevitable that we will change. Everybody does it. Yet we fear it the most, you know? And that moment just always sticks with me. That's a really yeah, that's good. good, a really good story. Yeah. I, um... I never, I, it wasn't ever that I, that I didn't think that I could, I, well, there were a few times that I would call people out on not being able to change. Uh, I would always fight with my old man about he's, he's never going to change. He's going to be the same dick that has always been this, this prick, but I was always reluctant to change instead. I didn't, I didn't want to, I, I didn't, I didn't think that I had this problem that I needed to change. Um, but I, there were there were several times where I didn't think that I was capable of getting through things. So say for instance, um, you know how they say, get through the craving or you're going to have this craving and it's going to be really bad and it's going to, and it's going to take a while to get through, but that'll change. Right. I was always reluctant to that shit. Like it's never going to change. It's not going to go away. I'm going to be in jonesing the rest of my life. <laughs> I will have this roll in my stomach just the rest of my life looking at shit just wanting to you know take any any hit of anything that i possibly can and that's just never going to go away and then we'll go away for a little while and i wouldn't i would just totally discredit that and then and then what happened is it come back and be like see i fucking told you guys it's never going to fucking change and i would get i would get so caught up and then my anxiety would go through the roof because nothing nothing was i mean in the immediate moment nothing was working and it just turned into this mayhem and in reality it was 
that change is slow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not, sometimes I can't force the changes that happen. Sometimes I just have to kind of ride out whatever it is. And the, the capability of it, I think anybody is capable of, of getting through like withdrawals and anybody is capable of getting through a craving and anybody is capable and, and, and people are capable of getting past those points. I still get cravings. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Every once in a while, like I'll, I'll see somebody drinking and it's terrible. It's like a Bud Light or something like that. This is the worst beer ever. Oh no. I spent a weekend on a river and, uh, every in Idaho. And for some reason, the national drink of Idaho is Keystone. Keystone. Yeah. yeah. Keystone. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so I still get those moments, but I, I have, because of this program and because of what I've done, I have changed to where now it's just, I mean, those, those things are like 10 seconds. If that it's like, oh, that looks okay. That's cute. Still night. Never mind. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I'm still. I, I love the 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 change. How you saying it adapts, right? So, it, early on, I was super reluctant to it, and then partway through it, it really wasn't. I, I didn't know if I could or not, or if I was capable of getting through the really shitty stuff. And then I would move to well, school. Right? I don't know if I'm go to school that's a huge change mm-hmm. um can am i teachable like i have no idea if i'm teachable can i read uh, can i read that was there was there was one time uh <laughs> everybody has this too especially when they get into <laughs> when they get into like a, a 12-step meeting and then they you know somebody volunteers them to read and they they read for the first time after being spun out for god knows how long we <laughs> do recover the best is uh the different pronunciations of anonymity oh anonymity yeah i would i i uh there was one day that i was at a study meeting and I was so mad that I couldn't read that I read an entire chapter in that goddamn study meeting. Nice. <laughs> it was really bad. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> was I capable of learning? I don't even know. Was was that something that I wanted to do? You know what I mean? Uh, that's a huge fucking change. That's a huge step for growth. And am I am I wanting an education? Um, and then that changed, right? So it went from wondering if I could stay sober to wonder if I can get an education. And then it grew from wonder if I can get an education to wonder if I can get a bachelor's degree because I just picked up an associates. And then it grew from, yeah. from that to, to another thing. And the change just progresses and it's always going and it's always creating these different avenues and these different, these different directions. Right. And I get so, I think I almost take it for granted sometimes that, um, Without the change that has happened, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. If I wasn't willing to accept those changes, then I wouldn't be the person that I am. I wouldn't be sitting here. Right? Absolutely. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be helping people. You know, with with their lives. I wouldn't. Well, I'm not really doing that much right now. I should probably do a little more service. Um, but I wouldn't. Well, this is service, I guess. But I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have the happiness that I have, or the peace of mind that I have, and. So when I come up now to to this huge change, this huge, I'm going to Europe, 
and I am leaving my family and I'm going to a country that they do speak English, but it's like a really fucked up version it's of not English. English. It's not really English. <laughs> it's, it's something else. It'll take uh, you a minute to... Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. There's all the nuances, yeah. I guess. And, but the, the reluctance that I have to change has, is, is dramatically decreasing. Uh, because I know, I know that no matter where I'm at, no matter where I end up, I'm I'm still gonna be okay as long as I do what I'm supposed to do, which is take one step at a time, right? Mm. One foot forward. As long as I don't get fucked up, I can do anything. The world could come to a goddamn end, and as long as I don't get fucked up, I'll be all right. Um, well, the thing been, the, the thing that comes to mind is that I like the word willing a lot, and like you're you're we're, we're willing to in recovery we're willing to make that effort that that jump off the cliff to you know to to do it and i I was reading i was reading the statistic the other day about how many people are are honestly like unhappy in their careers and it's it was like 80 something percent of people they're just oh i just threw up in my mouth a little bit oh god (laughs) just saying like imagine just saying like people that are not that they're just like this level of like they're just content with whatever and they're not they don't want to you know, change, which is fine if they don't want to. I don't if know if that's if content or complacent. Complacent. And that's, that's what I was about to say. So like, uh, you know, when you say, you know, the reason I, I was open to all of these various changes in my life and that's why I am where I am today. And what drives me absolutely bonkers is these people that get into recovery and they're like, Oh well, yeah, another day clean. Oh yeah. Ooh, muzzle through really nothing else going on. And it's because we're not, uh, they're not like, um, growing. They're not right. growing. And if they're not growing, they're dying. Everything's always in a constant state of fluctuation. So if you're not growing, you're dying in some way. And so when you're doing what you're talking about doing, you're 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 implementing these goals and these incremental goals that get you to the bigger goals. And then you're starting to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And you remain open to that process, right? So, man, that to me is what recovery is all about. It's not about this, oh, I'm just sober today. Sober is the baseline. Right. Sober is the very bare minimum of what I can be and do today. Like I want to I want to get the next degree. Right. I want to go see the next place. I want to I want to ride the next trail. I want to kayak the next river, you know, and that's what recovery offers. Well, it it, like it, it reminds me when one. I think what Tuesdays, Thursdays, and when I was in rehab, they did yoga. This lady comes in and did you do yoga. And there was this one kid that was in in rehab with me, and I was just like, "You gonna come do yoga?" And he's like, "No." I'm like, "Well, why not?" And he's like, "I, I just don't do yoga." I'm just like, well, "Why not just try it?" Like we're here, you know. <laughs> like what? What is it? What else? You know, are you like do? what is it? Why? Why? Why not? And he's just like, "Well." I guess, I guess so. And it's, just, it's that type of mindset. It's like, why not? I used yeah. to be that you know, way. Go, I used to be just like that. Yeah. I'm here. Let's, let's do this shit. You know, like let's, I'm, I'm, I'm ingrained in that. That's like my mm-hmm. attitude. And it's, I, I, I've always jumped at that or, you know, if something's in front of me, I'm like, let's go do it. Hell yeah. You know? Hell yeah, man. I used to be just like that. So I'm like, let's go do this. I'm like, Pfft. nah, nah. <laughs> I'm way too cool for that shit. I'm way <laughs> too cool for that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I remember growing up, I would... I, man, I, at like 12 years old, if that, 
all of my cousins who are my same age would all be doing all of these, I don't know, 12 year old things. Right. And then I'd be up on this like corner watching them, just judging them. I'm way too cool. Uh, yeah. And they're all having else. like the time of their that. lives. And yeah. I'm just like miserable as shit sitting on the horrible. Dude. <laughs> Think about how much life you missed out on. Exactly. Right? Like even when you exactly like, just like, not being open to it. Yeah. I'm all about like Mike's like style of life, you know, like I'll give it a shot. And, and at least I know that that's not for me. Having tried it, you know what I mean. What is it? Um, uh, uh, prosecution without. Uh, oh, what's the what's the, the expression I'm trying to say? Oh, it's basically not giving a guilt, fuck. Assignment <laughs> of guilt without investigation. <laughs> right. Prosecution um, without investigation, investigation or something, something like that. Yeah, I don't fucking know. But um, yeah, man, I don't ever want to be that guy. I always want to be like, well, yeah, I tried that once and it didn't really work for me, and so I'm probably not going to engage in that again. But you know, I've got so many things that I ended up just doing on a whim that somebody was like, try it. I'm like, ah, this doesn't sound real cool, but I'll give it a shot. And I've gotten, so, I've done so many of those things that I've just absolutely fallen in love with. Yoga is one of them. Like <laughs> yoga was one of those things where I was like, I was, I was single and they were like, dude, that's where the girls are. And I'm like, I am not doing that shit. That is not for me I got there um, and yoga yoga is one of my f- absolute all time favorite activities to just, like really get right in my head you know and I'd have never known that if I wouldn't have given it a shot yeah, yeah. my wife she's still and I so my grandma and grandpa on my dad's side they were professional ballroom dancers oh nice yeah they used to travel around and, and teach people and my grandpa was like 6'2 and my grandma was 5 foot tall <laughs> And he would just whip around and like they had a, they had a dance floor in their basement, you know. So my grandma was always grabbing us and you know, Michael, come dance with me. And mm-hmm. So my my wife like she found that out, and she's like, "Let's do that. Let's go That's do good. some ballroom dancing." I'm just like, and I had that level of like, I am too cool for ballroom dancing. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's I, a lot of fun. Ballroom yeah, dancing. I just, it's a but, lot of fun. So I think I I need to. I'm my plan is is that I'm I'm trying to figure out. A, to do it with my wife now because after the baby's a little bit bigger now yeah. I, I want to surprise her she's probably gonna hear this and be like oh great now you really are gonna be doing it with me yeah. but Dude, <laughs> me and Jen will do that shit with you so there was uh, the last uh, the last place I worked there was professional ballroom dancers and they were the, the head head people in charge and it was the uh, it was an older guy and his wife that he'd been married to for like 40 years and they were the same way you know like that was their thing and I was like, oh, that's completely cheesy. But we kept doing all these fundraisers through the, through the department, and they always do these dance things for fundraisers. And then I'd get out there and start doing a little bit. I'm like, this is a really good time. Like, I'm horrible <laughs> at it. I'm horrible at it. Stepping it's on toes. It's a lot toes. of fun, you know? Mm-hmm. It's funny that the reluctance, the reluctance of cha- to change and to, to step out of the shell, um, you don't realize, at least I didn't, I didn't realize, like, those are other people having fun. Right? Yeah. Amen, dude. Those are all of the people that are having a good time. And here I am too reluctant to to be that person that's like, you know what? Fine. I'll step out of my comfort zone. I'll do something that I'm not familiar with. I'll potentially make a fool out of myself. I will change my view and I will change my process. So to 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 take a chance, just, just literally just to take a chance. Yeah. And by 
not doing that, I I end up just in my head, and I end up just judging these people, and then I think that you know uh, these guys are all a bunch of idiots because you know look at them make them fools out of themselves when they're all having the best time. Amen. And I'm sitting up against the wall. It's like the it's like the people that are it's like the high school dance. You know where the, there's the the one group of people that are dancing, and then everybody else is up against the wall against the walls judging them. Right. Who the like, fuck is at, having the good time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Speaking of dancing, like that, that, like oh, that was one of the most difficult things. So I used to tour uh, this band, Widespread Panic. I used to tour them and go and just do. I was just dance. I used to go to all these crazy shows, just all hippie shit and just rock and roll. And I, I was constantly at a festival, constantly at a, at a concert of some sort, you know. And I was just always dancing. And I was always like, I was the guy that was just taking as many drugs as possible and just dancing for days on end and so i get sober and i was like i was like man i'm not gonna be able to do that like I'm i lost not, all my moves well it's not <laughs> even about the moves i'm gonna be self-conscious mm-hmm. yeah, I'm i lost be, my mojo yeah all these people are gonna be staring at me you know and and i remember i went to this first festival and it was in florida and um and I was camping, it was three or four days, and I was probably like six months sober, and I was with another dude that was sober, and and, um, and I was just so concerned about that. And I got there, and I just started kind of dancing a little bit, and I was like, oh, God, this is awkward. <laughs> like, I know what I'm doing, you know? And, um, and, and then it just kind of gradually, like, flowed, and it started coming back to me, and it was not, it was, because I'm a horrible dancer, but it wasn't about, like, the moves. It was more of the emotion in that accompanied, that having fun, that freedom, you know what I mean? And once that overrode this feeling, like, people are watching me, oh, this is awkward shit, um, I, I had the same thing that I was I had when I was all fucked up doing it. I had the same thing in sobriety. And I, I was I say this because I was thinking about this last night. We went to a concert last night, we went to the Avery Brothers last night, and we were there with this um, this friend of ours who's early in recovery. He's got uh, 69 days. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> 70 you need to go, 70 today, 70 today. But I was like, you need to go tell a girl it's your 69 birthday and see if you can take her home. But, um, but anyway, so he was there, and, and, and he, you know, he's a dancer, and he's, he's a musician. Like, he is a musician. He's a very talented musician. So music is part of his soul, you know? And um, well, I think music is part of all of our souls, but especially him. And I'm watching him, and you could tell he was awkward. And he was at that point that I was at in Florida so many years ago mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, people are staring, going to stare at me, you know? And I was like, oh, man, I just want to guide you. I just want to pull right. you and teach you this lesson. But it's just one of those things you just got to figure out for yourself. You know? But, like, why Why is it, like, us humans are just so, like, we just literally just beat the living shit out of each other like, and like in ourselves yeah. <laughs> like I, it's I really struggle. ourselves it's more ourselves. Than I mean yeah, I, I'll no, sit I and agree. judge somebody you know inadvertently but like not nearly as bad as I'll tear myself apart absolutely it's it's hard though like I just I sit there and just pick myself apart I'm just like I can't believe I can't do that I can't do that and mm-hmm. you know I don't know I, what, I, what I always ask people I'm like would you treat somebody else that way mm. Depends on how much I hated him. Yeah, I want you. To, I want you. I want you to think about honestly, like the way you just pick yourself apart. Would you? Would you just do that to somebody else? See, I I used to be when I was when I was unhappy as a person. Yeah, yeah. I noticed myself doing it even more. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, and like, and now that like, so for example, my my wife and I, we our son, he graduated from this little um, 
kind of this program where he does online to learn how to read. And so we were downtown Salt Lake, really close to Rio Grande, you know, right where the every drug capital Salt Lake is right there. And we were at this hotel and I walked across the street and this lady passed me and she, you could tell she had something going on, you know, mentally where she's repeating herself kind of in a schizophrenic mindset. And, and I said hi to her and I kind of walked on. I was like, man, you know, I said hi to her. At least I did that. You know, I, I tried and I was like, I continued on. Then, then I see my wife drive around in her car and, and, and she like waves the lady to go in front of the car, like go, you know? And the lady just looks at my wife and is like, fuck you, you bitch. <laughs> starts like screaming at her. And then my wife like turns around and she was all pissed. She's like, she rolls her window down and starts yelling at her too. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and I was like, wow, I really just saw that. And then my wife came and she's like, I can't believe that lady. And I just like looked at my wife. I was all, that lady's clearly struggling with some stuff, Yeah. you know? And then my wife was like, man, you know, you're right. Like, why are we, why are we so mean to each other? Like, why yeah. did I just like, just judge the living shit out of this person? And it's like, I'm, I'm slowly trying to, you know, I'm not putting myself on the pedestal or something, but mm-hmm. it, I definitely have been more aware of things like that now where I'm like hypersensitive to, you know, that to everyone matters, you know, that that person, man, I can't imagine what I'd feel like to be wandering around a park talking to yourself and, and being in that mindset. And I was just like, not even in reality. Yeah. Well, so, I guess they are in their reality. So to answer your question, it's getting, I feel like it's getting better. I feel like I'm trying to see other people's sides a little more and be able to respect it. And if it's some view of, of how they're thinking, I, I can't, judge them for that you know because I, I clearly know they're probably judging living shit of me <laughs> on what i'm doing and i'm okay with that you know i'm like i don't care <laughs> what is it what's the saying it says uh what other people think of me is none of my business yeah right. i love this yeah. shit. it's <laughs> a really good line it's yeah. a really good line <laughs> all right so we're about running out of time for people that are listening what do you guys have like advice on on handling change accepting change what do you got Charlie uh accepting change is uh accept it is inevitable try not to fight it um so I think the best advice I can give is to realize is to treat our minds and our bodies like a vessel right and we have things that flow in we need to honor whatever that is, whatever that emotion is. We need to honor it while it's there, and then we need to let it pass. And when we can, um, when we can change our mindset to view all things that way, and we can turn our body physically into a vessel and do that, we become le- less resistant to change, and then ultimately we become happier people. That's my take on it. I like that. Uh, what you got, Mike? You know, I I think I think you need to ask yourself why you want to change. You know, I think like the, the I ask myself why so much during the day, every single day. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Why do I want to do that? And and as soon as I can actually kind of have these like conversations with myself of thinking, is this the best best path for me? Or you know, don't do that again. Or do this more. I feel like it, it creates me to become a, a stronger person. And I, I, that's my advice to people is to ask yourself if you, you know, if, if you don't want to change, you don't have to, you know, people can tell you, 
you should and you'll never listen to them until it really has to come from yourself and and if, if you want that change I think you need to you know dig deep into yourself and, and ask yourself why you want it and that's what's really it has helped me out and it's created just a very simple process of it to what I want and why I want it you know it's working so the last thing that I'm going to add on to it um, is I always was afraid of of what was around the corner I was always afraid of the changing of the um we've got dishes going on in the background <laughs> uh, I was always afraid of changing and I was always afraid of be of the unknown and I, I would say my number one my number one advice word of advice would be stop like stop being afraid of it change is gonna happen change is gonna come inevitably stop stop running from it because that's what I had that's what I did for so long is I was I was run from it and so um I appreciate you guys talking about change with me today like that was definitely a topic that was on my mind today so and I um because it's coming man it's coming it's here it's not even coming it's here it changes the whole time bro um but yeah so check us out on Instagram Insta Mike is in the house and he is a professional. Um, you can find us on iTunes. He is. He's Insta Mike. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud for now. But we're going to up our game. Right on. We're going to be at like every platform ever. Amen. And so we got to get Charlie's voice out there. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, keep keep checking in. And we're, uh, we got some more fun stuff coming through the summer and some fun guests that we're send some invites out it should be kind of interesting talking about different angles of sobriety and addiction and stuff so we've got some good stuff coming up hell yeah all right we well, we're won't out of stop here. yeah <laughs> at least at least uh if somebody's listening then we're we're, we're definitely not gonna stop <laughs> yeah. so people keep listening for some reason um all right guys so we are out of here until next time <laughs>